Proverbs chapter number 31. Proverbs chapter 31. And while you're turning there, I've got one of these funnies I want to read to you. It was a young man. He was walking through a supermarket to pick up a few things when he noticed an old lady following him around. Thinking nothing of it, he ignored her and continued on. And finally, he went to check, at, check out at the checkout line, but she got in front of him. Pardon me, she said. I'm sorry if my staring at you has made you feel uncomfortable. It's just that you look just like my son who just died recently. Oh, I'm very sorry, replied the young man. Is there anything I can do for you? Why, matter of fact, there is. As I'm leaving, you could say goodbye, mother. It would make me feel so much better. Sure, answered the young man. As the older lady was leaving, he called out, Goodbye, Mom! And as he stepped up to the checkout counter, he saw his total was $127.50. How can that be, he asked. I only purchased a few things. Well, your mother said that you would pay for her, said the clerk. (laughs) That was a smart little trick, wasn't it? (laughs) All right. Okay, Proverbs chapter number 31. I've preached out of Proverbs chapter 31 several times in, in the past years, and Proverbs 31 is a really, really, how do I put it? It's a blessing, but it's a tough chapter as well, especially if you're a woman. It's really, it's a hard chapter. I'm not going to try to be hard on you this morning. I, try to, I want to try to be a blessing and a help and an encouragement. But at the same time, there is some things in Proverbs 31 that are kind of tough. So let's just jump into it here. I'll read one verse from my text, and then we'll go through the passage here. Proverbs chapter number 31, if you'll look with me in verse number 10, Proverbs 31.10 says, Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. So our topic today, as you can imagine, would be about mothers. It's mothers. And, uh, and so that's what we're going to preach on here, is about mothers. We're going to take the passage of Proverbs 31 and point a few things out. And mothers are important. Mothers are very important. And you, uh, are a mo- if you're a mother, you should know you're a mother. The day we live in, people aren't even going to know they're a mother the way the things are working out. You know, you can be a mother but a father, or a father and be a mother in the day we live. But, but most importantly, the, the, the Bible views mothers as being important. Uh, God looks at a mother just as equally important as the father in the home. Mothers are just as equally as important as fathers in the home. Now, we, the Bible talks about this a lot, and the Bible mentions this. Even the Lord reiterates this command to honor our mothers. We find the Lord, the Lord says this six times in the New Testament in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Paul comes along in Ephesians chapter number 6 and verse 2 and he says, Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. And that promise is that your days may be long upon the earth. So if you want to live a long, healthy life, then one of the ways to, to help that along would be to honor your mother and father. So we're commanded to honor our mother and our father. Now in the home, the mother multitasks. She cleans. She cooks, she washes dishes, she she washes clothes, she loves, she teaches, she counsels the kids. And that's probably just a really short, short list of the things that mothers do. But without mothers, we wouldn't be here. You know, it's, it's because of our mothers that we're here. There would be no sons and there would be no daughters if there was no mother. Mother completes the home. Mother is someone that you can count on that'll be there and always be there. She's one that you can look to and count on. She doesn't get the recognition that she deserves, but as a mother, she doesn't look for the recognition. Her main goal is for the home to be comfortable, for her husband 
husbands needs to be content and the children to be raised right. That's mother. Seldom does she get a thank you, but she continues to keep going. She doesn't get a pat on the back, but she continues to be mom. So today, I want to bring you a message entitled, A Mother's Work is Never Done. A mother's work is never done. In Proverbs 31, we notice, first of all, that mom will work to be a virtuous mother. Mom will work and strive to be a virtuous mother. In verse number 10, the question is asked, who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies? So the question asked there is, who can find a virtuous woman? The indication is, is that a virtuous woman is hard to find. That's the indication there. It's a, she's rare when you find one. You better hold on to her. You better keep her and you better honor her. And that's what we're doing today. And so Webster's 1828 Dictionary defines virtuous as morally good, acting in conformity to the moral law, practicing the moral duties and abstaining from vice, which would be spot, blemish, or corruption, as a virtuous woman. She's chaste, means pure and faithful as applied to a woman. So a virtuous woman is rare, but a mother will strive to be virtuous. Uh, Verse number 10 says, her price is far above rubies. How many rubies have you found in your lifetime? Let me put it this way. Uh, Have you ever found one ruby? (laughs) You see how rare it is. Most people in their life will never find a ruby. You just won't go out in the backyard and find a ruby. Ruby's indicating here in the passage that there's more than one. Now, I looked it up. I, I took the time to look this up. The price of a one-carat ruby can be, it can go as high as $100,000. That's a lot of money, isn't it? Back in 2011, Elizabeth Taylor's ring set had an 8.24-carat gem that auctioned for over $3.7 million dollars. According to that, if a virtuous woman was an 8.24 carat ruby, she would be worth $3.7 million. But we know that mothers are worth far more than that. But I mean, that's just to put things into perspective. The the Smithsonian's National Museum of Natural History in Washington, D.C. has a 23.1 carat ruby from Burma. And that's nearly three times the size of Elizabeth Taylor's ring set. Job 28.18 compares wisdom with rubies. Again, in Proverbs 3 and verse number 15, it makes the comparison between wisdom and rubies. In Proverbs 20 and verse number 15, the Bible compares rubies to the lips of knowledge. So a virtuous woman knows when to speak and she knows when not to speak. She uses wisdom with her lips and her mouth to know when to speak. Why? Her price is far above rubies. It's not just equal to rubies, it's far above rubies. So what does mama do? Mama strives to be a virtuous woman. But number two, mama will work to keep the heart of her husband. You see, a mother's work is never done, right? And mom will work to keep the heart of her husband. In verse number 11, the Bible says, The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. And so he'll, she'll work to keep the heart of her husband. Proverbs 12, 4 says, A virtuous woman is a crown to her husband, but she that maketh ashamed is as rottenness in his bones as is rottenness in his bones. In, ver- in the verse there, there's two kinds of wives. There's one wife that's a crown to her husband. In Proverbs 12, 4, a crown is something valuable. A crown is something that you'll not give up. A crown is something that you want to go to the grave with. A crown signifies power. It signifies strength. And so she's a crown to her husband, according to that verse. The second wife that you'll find in the passage is not a wife that's a crown to her husband, but is just the opposite. And she maketh her husband ashamed. And she's the kind of wife that makes her husband's life hell on earth. 
That's the kind of wife that this woman is. She controls him. She oversteps him. She tries to dominate him. She does things and says things to try to diminish his role as husband, as dad in the home. This wife, the Bible says, is as rottenness in her husband's bones. She calls his bones to decay. I mean, can you imagine you ever had somebody get on your nerves to the point where you just feel it on the inside of your bones? I mean, it's to that point right there. So she causes his bones to decay. She causes his bones to rot to the point that she brings him closer to his death like some kind of disease. She doesn't even care what she says to him. She doesn't care how she speaks about him. She doesn't care how she lashes out in front of her her children or in front of other people or people at the church. She's just rottenness in his bones. But the virtuous mother and the wife, can he can trust and rely on her knowledge and skill. You know, sometimes your wife will say something, wives will say something that's very helpful. And then sometimes men are so dumb they don't take it. And so sometimes she can offer some good advice that might be helpful. And he may not always use the advice, but he can trust that she's got the best intentions at heart. As she strives to be trustworthy, her husband can lean on her at times and know that he can take her as a place of refuge. He gets to where he can put 100% trust in her. That's the place that he can get to when it comes to a virtuous mother. And he doesn't have to doubt about her faithfulness. Sadly, in some marriages... They have to have a DNA test to see who the kid is, right? You, see, you, remember, you remember, what's that guy's name? Judge Wapner. Remember him? <laughs> Years ago, if you're, you're young, you probably don't remember Judge Wapner, but he was over what the TV show called Divorce Court. And uh, sometimes they'd have to order a DNA test to see who the father was in that thing. But that ought not be so. You know, a virtuous mother, a virtuous wife is someone that a husband can put 100% trust in. A mother should be a wife that the husband can trust. We notice in verse number 12, and so this is going to be practical this morning. It's going to be practical. Verse number 12 says, She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. So she'll always be good to her husband. Uh, He doesn't have to wonder about her and wonder if she's going to turn on him. What kind of woman she's going to wake up one day and be and then be a different woman the next day. She's virtuous. He, He can trust in her to know that she's always got his best intentions at heart. So she works to make him understand that she is in the marriage for the long haul. She'll strive to do good. She'll strive not to hurt him or to do harm to him according to the verse. And she strives to be good even when he's not so good to her. She still strives to do that. Verse number 12 says, and not evil all the days of her life. She doesn't lay awake at night trying to contemplate and figure out how she can get back at him, how she can get revenge and and do harm to him. And she loves him despite all of his faults and all of his failures. But notice something else in verse 23. It says, her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. So sitting in the gates, typically in the Old Testament, that indicates that he's a judge. He's sitting in the gates. He's a man that's highly esteemed. He's, He's known throughout that land is what he's known for. And the Bible says in verse 23 that her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. So everybody knows him. And so the husband is a success. The indication is because he has a good wife. He has a good wife. You know, it's been said often that behind uh, 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 Billy Sunday is a Mrs. Billy Sunday. You see, the success many times is behind the scenes and working behind the scenes. I mean, you have Bob Jones Sr., what a great preacher that he was, but there was a Mrs. Bob Jones Sr. that was behind him. And if there is ever a successful husband, then most of the time it will be because he has a good wife. 
See, a mother will work to keep the heart of her husband and to be an example to her children. Can somebody say amen right there? Kind of quiet this morning, so I just want to kind of break the ice a little bit there. Number three, at the end of the day, mom just wants to be a good mother. Most mothers' intentions and most mothers' hearts is they just want to be a good mother. They may not be the greatest mother on the planet, or at least in their mind, but they strive and work to be a good mother. You see, a mother's work is never done. Notice a mother will try and teach her children some things. Titus 2 and verse 3 says, The aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to too much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the younger women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, Keepers at home. It didn't say keep her at home. It said keepers at home. In other words, she tends the home. She keeps the home. That's what we're talking about. So to be discreet and chaste and keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands. Why? That the word of God be not blasphemed. Sadly, there are some mothers that blaspheme the word of God. But I'm glad we've got some mothers here this morning that have the best intention at heart and they strive and work to try to be a virtuous woman and try to be a good mother. A mother should want to raise her children up in church and to teach them the word of God. In verse number 15, notice this. He says, she riseth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her husband, or excuse me, to her household and a portion to her maidens. And so in this verse here, she's the first one up. I mean, she's, she, I mean, she's, I mean, she's, she's up on her feet and she's going, why is that? Because she's getting up to get everybody else breakfast, to get things, to get the home going, according to verse number 15. Now, notice I said that was in verse number 15, because nowadays, you're probably going to have to run down to McDonald's or Hardee's or somewhere like that, and you bring breakfast back, right? That's what I'll do sometimes. I'll, when I take Andrew to school, I'll stop by the store there and pick up a biscuit and bring it back, and she can have her whatever kind of biscuit that she wanted for that morning there. And so, you know, but she rises up early. Why? So that she can get things prepared. She doesn't sleep till 11 or 12 o'clock in the morning. Why? Because she's trying to be a good mama. She wants to set a good example that it's not right for kids to lay in the bed until 12 o'clock noon. There was one amen out of the whole building right there. Oh my. Maybe I'm trampling on something right now. I don't know. In the passage, she gets up early and gets things going. I'm going to just have to do it that way. In the passage... That's, that's what I'm going to go back to. The Bible says, <laughs> oh no, and I'm going to hit on something. The next one ain't going to be too, we're not going to be shouting either. Look at verse 18. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Watch this. Her candle goeth not out by night. She's the first one up, then she's the last one to bed. Her candle goeth not out by night. So she doesn't go to bed because there's still work to be done. There's things to be straightened up and things to be put in order before she goes to bed. And just because it's nighttime doesn't stop her from setting up with a sick kid. Two or three nights ago, Andrew, he, his allergies around this time will get to him. And his, ox, his blood ox got really low in the 80s. And, and he was, his breathing was labored. And he's just laying there, you know, in the bed sleeping. And you know what? She was up basically all night long with him watching him. Why? Because she wanted to be a good mother. She loves her child and she wanted to be a good mother. And, you know, that's what mamas do. Mamas stay up, you know. Sometimes their candle goeth not out by night. She's just simply trying to be a good mother. She uses wisdom in verse number 16. It says, She considereth a field and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hands she planteth a vineyard. So notice the word considereth. So in the passage there, she considers it before she buys it. She thinks about it. Maybe she meditates on it. She prays about it before she buys it. But she considers before she buys anything. 
In verse number 21, she makes sure everyone is dressed properly. Verse 21 says, She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. I remember growing up, you know, we'd be wintertime and mom would say, put your jacket, because we'd go outside in the cold without a jacket on. She'd say, put a jacket on, you're going to get sick, you go catch a bug or something like that. And of course, I don't know how you catch a bug with, without a jacket on. But anyway, mama knew best, right? Uh, that's just the way that works. Usually you get sneezed on or coughed on to catch the bug. But anyway... Um, but, you know, that's what she did. Mama wanted to make sure that she was dressed. I know Lisa, she'll, my wife, she'll make sure that Andrew has clothes. She'll spend all his money on clothes and stuff like that. And I'm going, what's all this money on clothes for? And it's like he's growing. He's grew out of this one. He's growing into this one there. And so it's a constant thing of buying shirts and pants and shoes and things like that. And it's just constant. But Mama makes sure that the children are dressed properly, that they go out dressed right. Uh, you know, a, a mother that's working to try to be a good mother is careful of what she says. Verse number 26 says, She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. Now we all should just have an altar call and just come down and repent, right? <laughs> you know, let me say this without being too hard, but you know, you can take to Twitter and violate the verse too. You can go to social media and violate the verse as well. And so, you know, some people think that just because it's in the virtual realm that we're not going to be judged for it. But you know what? God's going to judge whether it be good or bad, no matter where it's at. If you say it out of your mouth or whether you're doing the tick, tick, or tick, 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 tick like this, it's all going to be judged one of these days. Uh, notice in verse 26, it says, In her tongue is the law of kindness. Now, Dad might be rough in speech, but Mom has the tongue of kindness. Dad's going to be a little rough, you know, that at least most of them are. Well, I don't know. In the days I was growing up, dad was kind of rough. Nowadays, dad's taking on the role of the mom, you know, and he's more effeminate than she is. And, but that's just where we're at today. Strange stuff. Verse number 28, she has a good testimony among her family, insomuch that it says her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. See that? So she has a good testimony among her family. So that's a great thing right there. In verse 17, verse number 25 says, She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. Verse 25, strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. You don't mess with mama bear. Let me put it this way. You don't mess with the cubs, because then you have to deal with mama bear, right? You don't mess with the chicks, because then you have to mess with mama hen. And that's the way mama is. Mama's got some strength. Where daddy just say, oh, just don't worry about it. Mama steps up and she's the louder bear when it comes to the, when it comes to the cubs, right? And so you don't mess with mama bears, uh, her children. Now, she don't look to be praised for what she does. Verse 25 says, she shall rejoice, when? In time to come. So she's not looking to get the pat on the back right now. She's not looking for the praises right now. She understands that the household needs her right now and the household may not appreciate everything she does. Maybe the household doesn't appreciate the fact she comes along and picks up the socks out of the middle of the floor and then puts them in the laundry basket. Maybe the house doesn't appreciate that she did dishes that morning and turns around and does dishes again that night. Maybe the, maybe the house goes without that being unnoticed. But you let mama get sick, it'll go noticed pretty quick, won't it? That's the way it does, and then it begins to pile up at that point right there. But, but, you know, she doesn't go around looking for praises. She keeps in mind that she will be rewarded in the future. It says she shall rejoice in time to come. So mother will work to let her own works praise her. No one has to praise her. 
Her husband doesn't always have to say thank you. Her children doesn't always have to tell her what a good mother she is. But every now and then I think it's a good thing to do that, don't you? I mean, because the things that she does with her hands, that will be enough to praise her. A clean sink will praise her. An empty laundry basket will praise her. A vacuum carpet does the praising for her. But at the end of the day, every now and then we ought to say thank you. But she understands that her reward comes down the road. We're talking about a mother's work that's never done. We could go on and on. There's things in the passage here this morning that we could go on and on and on about that the Bible talks about when it comes to a virtuous mother. You see, just because her reward will come sometime in the future doesn't negate the fact that every now and then we do need to say thank you and we need to honor you. And that's what we have tried to do this morning. We tried to honor you, tried to say thank you and show you the appreciation that you so deserve for all that you do. The Bible says that your price is truly far above all rubies. A million dollars this morning wouldn't be enough to recuperate all you've done for your children. A million dollars wouldn't be enough to recuperate what my mother has done for me when she took me in and raised me. So how important a mother is to the family. You know, a family can do a lot of, without a lot of things. One thing a family can't do without is a mother. I want to close with this. Mid-life's commotion, dismal fears, mid-cares and woes and floods of tears, how sweetly breaks upon the ear some word of comfort or of cheer. Yet our friends, there's not another who speaks as gently as our mother. Here disappointments crowd each day. Our brightest hopes soon fade away. And friends long trusted oft deceive. We scarcely know whom to believe. Yet though we fear to trust each other, we are not afraid to trust our mother. Yet here, where there's so much deceit, some friends we have loved to meet, there's love we know that will endure, not sordid, selfish, but all pure. But though beloved by sister, brother, there's none that love us like our mother. Among the names to mortals given, there's none like mother, home, and heaven. For home's no home without her care, and heaven we know she will be there. Then let us, while we love each other, Remember and be kind and honor, Mother. Let's bow our heads. Miss Debbie, would you come? Let's all close our eyes.